Boy, howdy. It's, uh, we're just happy to have you. I am Alex of Cincinnati. And I am Lorne of Cincinnati. We are both of Bible besties, and we are happy to welcome you to, to this a, Bible adventure. To our show. It's a Bible adventure. Each episode, we attempt to take a story in the sacred holy book of the old Bible. Old Bible. And we have been uh, working our way through Genesis. We're currently in chapter 28, starting at verse 10. That's where the episode today picks up. Right. Because last time, uh, Jacob yoinked Esau's birthright by pretending to be him. And Esau was singing some pretty horrifying uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein songs about how he was going to kill his brother. Rodgers and Hammerstein, I don't know if you're alive or not, but we don't want it. We don't want any trouble if that was a problem. Look, listen, the two we, names go together. I'm sure that they were besties or they are besties. And, and they understand when besties, you understand, fellas, you understand when besties get together, sometimes music happens. And just because you came up with it doesn't mean that we didn't come up with it independently, completely oblivious of your work in the sound of music um so sorry also um jacob had to go he had to bounce because well, Esau was going to totally did. murder him and before we press on because i know you're chomping at the bit i am i think for today's episode we're going to work our way through the rest of genesis 28 and into 29 but i think alex it would be best if you told this in in two different scenes okay so okay today's episode there will be scene one act one There'll be act two, so to speak. Sure, I can do that. I have the gift. I can do this. Like Rodgers and Hammerstein, so, we are putting together a heck of a two-act play So, today. act one and scene. All right. So, Jacob has been told by mom, listen, Jacob, you got to go stay at Laban's house. And he, go, he does. He decides he's going to bounce because he does not want to get murdered by Esau. So, he just slips off. He doesn't travel like he's used to traveling because usually he traveled like with his like dad's whole crew, which is like... All their stuff and tents and camels and slaves and servants and everything. He's like bouncing from there under the cover of darkness so that Esau doesn't like take his lid off when he gets outside of town. So he's out there walking. It's going to be a long walk to Laban's house. They don't live like next door or nothing. So it's getting dark and he decides, well, get a little late. Good time as any. Probably should tuck in so I don't get lost wandering around the dark. And he does. He lays down. He, uh, I think you remember it said that he had like a, a rock pillow. He, what? This, this makes a lot of sense. It says he lays down and he uh, uses a rock for a pillow, which I cannot think of a worse pillow. Would it be so bad to just lay on the ground? Well, this is just what pop it, your shirt off, roll it up and turn it into a little pillow. Well, this is what it's. How cold does it get in the desert? Well, uh, I think it can get cold. Yeah. Here, here's what it said. Maybe too. It makes sense. I mean, in, uh, verses. 10, chapter 28, Jacob left Beersheba and went toward Haran. He came to a certain place and stayed there that night because the sun had set. So basically, he just, he's walking and the sun goes down. He's like, well, yeah, I, better, done now. I better sleep. And so he took one of the stones of the place. He put it under his under his head and lie down in that place to sleep. Yeah, so that was uncomfortable enough that I imagine he didn't sleep so hot. Or at least if he did, he probably had some pretty lucid dreams. You know, when like you're not really sleeping, you're like having those half dreams where like you trip in the dream and like you nearly leap out of your bed going, oops. Oh, you know, because he does. Boy, howdy does he have a dream. He starts to drift off into slumberland. Yes, Jonathan, please, if you could, we want our dreamscape sound effects. 
So he awakes in this dream state and he knows it's a dream state because he like looks at his hands. Yeah, his arms are like really light. His hands are a little bit too big and kind of fuzzy around the outside. And like the sky isn't dark and like blue and black anymore. It's now like red and orangey and like on the ground it's like all purple or whatever but in any case he's got like really extra long fingernails he doesn't know why that's the case but it's a dream right you never know what's happening for whatever reason his teeth fell out of his head that's not in the bible but it's a dream is what i'm getting at so he's taken in the surroundings and as he speaks he definitely knows he's in a dream because he's like where am i and it's all like echoey and stuff and he looks and what does he see he was literally walking through like just empty wilderness right and he looks and coming out from the ground is something he's never seen before because he's from old times but we would know what he's looking at is a sweet golden escalator like elaborate he's like what is this because it's going up it's going down and uh and the going up and down on them are angels like angels coming to earth angels ascending to heaven riding this gold escalator and he's looking he's just falling like you can his gaze starts from the bottom moves its way up and this thing just keeps going he just keeps you know how dreams do they don't make no sense so he's looking up looking up looking up looking up darkness and we hear it spotlight and he's at the top of the escalator and who is there but god and he goes jacob and jacob's like oh man it's him again whoa it's the one dad always talked about he goes that's right buddy it's me and let me tell you i have something to say jacob's just like this, you don't look anything like I thought because currently God's dressed in a really God's looking real androgynous if I'm being honest can't but he's really got like out the face. yeah can't really make it out but one thing you can't see is this pompadour of reddish hair on top and uh, he's wearing like a striped polo with an oversized sports coat over it billowy khaki pants and some boat shoes <laughs> <laughs> you know he's looking like real fresh to death and he goes, yeah, well, stop me if you've heard this song before, Jacob, but here, away, I go. And he, before he can say it, Jacob's like, yeah, I know, I'm going to be so blessed, aren't I? And he goes, what? You've heard this? You've heard this before? And he goes, yeah, I know. I've, yeah, everyone, my dad, his dad, they all got it. We got the song. Just the and God goes, oh, slow it down, bud. I've written something a little special for you. We're sorry, you're not being Rickrolled. This is just what God said. And uh, God starts singing in what is the most beautiful voice he's ever heard. And he says, we're no strangers to covenants. You know the rules, and so do I. A full commitment's what I'm thinking of. You wouldn't get this from any other god. Ah, you know I go. <laughs> Just want to tell you how I'm feeling. I gotta make you understand. Check it out, I'll never give you up. Never gonna let you down. Never gonna run around and desert you. And he's like, east to west, and so on. He keeps going, like, <laughs> it's good. 
I don't mean to rickroll everybody. Maybe I did. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's a little out of touch. You know, they don't rickroll people anymore. Maybe he'll come back. Anyways, he gets the full-on spiel. He's walking up and down the escalator, singing it, doing his dance, and moving the microphone left to right. And uh, it's over, and it's just like, you're going to be so blessed, my dude. So blessed. And uh, Jacob has a heart. Jacob, as we know, he's kind of like a critical thinker. You know, he's a real, he's a, he's a clever one. And he goes, you know, thanks. Thanks a lot, uh, I appreciate this. What is a heck of a bunch of pageantry to tell me how blessed I'm going to be. But if you will look around, you'll notice I'm, well, when, when I fell asleep, I was laying on a rock in the middle of the desert running from my brother who means to decapitate me. Um, I'm really optimistic about things, you know, I'm really hoping this will work out, but uh, I will ask, uh, I will say this. I will build you an altar here. Yes. It, you know what? I can't deny it. You're here. It's great. I think this is very powerful. God is here. Bethel. This is what we'll call this place. But uh, I'm going to need a promise from you beyond just I'm going to be so blessed. Before I go worshiping you like my dad did and his dad did and so on and so forth, I'm going to need you to ensure that I'm going to be able to get home after this stint with Laban. I want to be able to go home. I want to be able to accept my inheritance and not get my head cut off by my brother, if that's okay. And God's like, oh, of course, dude. Yeah, no, we can do that for sure. Uh, you know, just give me a chance. Give me a chance. I'll, I'll show you, you know. He's like, uh, yeah, 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 I, I will. So, uh, well, great show. I think you got a real hit there. And uh, I'll see you on the flippy. And out of the dream, he wakes up, act two. He finishes getting to Laban's house, right? So he he's had this dream. He gets to Laban's house. And who does he find outside of Laban's? He's getting into the neighborhood. And he's starting to see, like, where his mom gets, like, her kind of charm and, like, how she speaks. Everybody talks a little bit like this, you know. And they're getting there. And he sees this beautiful woman at a well. Hey, anybody remember this one? Does this sound familiar to anybody? And who is it? But it's it's Rachel. It's Rachel. This is Laban's daughter, Rachel. And he sees her and like a real creep, he just kisses her. You know what make, where does he get off just walking up and laying a smooch on somebody? It doesn't tell us what kind of kiss it was. Oh. It it could have been a kiss, like a customary greeting kiss. Oh, like a genuflection. Like, like a, mwah, mwah. Okay, so maybe it was that, but I also was worried that maybe in his time out there by himself. Or it could have been a full-on hot tub bachelorette episode. Right, could have been. Real know. uncomfortable stuff. But you know what I'm thinking? I had this idea that while he was walking, he just got told the covenant thing is real. You know? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, before that, he just had stolen a blessing and ran off with it. It might not have stuck, you know? But he was told by God it is. You think on the way there, he started asking himself, like, okay, so it's me. I'm the man. I'm the dude. I'm the dude. It's not Esau. It's me. And you think maybe he started thinking, like, how does a, how does the standards bearer behave? Maybe he took a little page from, like, Brock Sportsball and Mm -hmm. started walking around maybe with a little bit more of a puffed up chest. Like, uh, yeah, it's me. Uh, It's me. I'm, uh, I'm Jacob and I'm fully... Ready to take on this responsibility as head of household. So, uh, 
Yeah, you know, like he's walking around with a little more confidence, a little more zip in his step. And maybe that's what motivated him to be a real sexual predator like he was and just mm. lay one on mm. Rachel like he did. But he did, and he says who he is, and she gets really excited because they would have known Rachel would have been married to, like, one of uh, one of Isaac's kids. Like, that would have happened. So she runs home super rowdy because – She's very happy to see this person. I guess the kiss landed. I don't know. Well, it says here in verse 11, then Jacob kissed Rachel and wept aloud. Oh, he's so happy to have found a lady. And Jacob told Rachel that he was her father's kinsman and yeah. that he was Rebecca's son. I said that. And she ran and told her father. Okay. So Laban's like, looky here. Give me a smooch. Is this my nephew? Yup, tastes like one of mine. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, it's so good to have you. Uh, what brings you here? And he goes, well, uh, uh, you know, stuff going on at home. I'm now the standards bearer. I just need to, uh, I need a place to lay low for a little bit. If you don't mind, I'd like to work here, get to know my family. And maybe if I could, uh, you know, uh, uh, marry one of my uh, cousins because I'm nasty like that. And he goes, yeah, yeah, that's how we do, man. That sounds great. So he said, well, wait a minute, dude. If you're coming here, what am I going to do? Just put you to work and not pay you? What you want, dude? Your family, I can't just treat you like a slave, can I? And he goes, uh, I guess not. Um, Well, wondering what I'd like, um, since we do live in some antiquated time where women are technically possessions. I'd love to have that one I laid a good smooch on, if you don't mind. He goes, Rachel? Oh, yeah, uh. Sure, that uh, that could that could be some doing, I guess. Uh, you sure you don't want the other one, uh, Leah? Leah, come on over here. That Leah, was the older daughter, Leah. Leah comes over, and Leah is described as having um weak eyes. Yeah, I don't know what that means, but I'm not going to be a jerk here and act like she's some sort of like hideous weak, person. Well, weak or soft? Soft eyes. Do you know what? I actually know this one. I'm not just, you know, this brain of mine ain't just for storytelling. I'm, I actually know some things. Weak eyes usually has something to do with somebody who's like got tired eyes, i.e. like sad eyes. Because you know what? As firstborn, who do you think she would have been betrothed to marry? Brock Sportsball. The idea was she would have married Brock Sportsball. And she's lived her whole life kind of just like, ugh. Well, this is my lot in life. That's the idea. The difference between like a boy and a girl back then was like the fellow was going to inherit everything, the firstborn. But the firstborn girl was going to just have to marry somebody like who I know who you're going to marry. So she kind of had more of like a jaded maybe mm -hmm. look on life. So when they say like we guys, I think she's just more kind of not as bubbly or something as probably uh, Rachel was. Rachel's like, oh, hi. Hi, hi, you know, great to see you. Wow, this is great. Because she didn't have like those same expectations. But no surprise, the younger and the younger immediately connected. And he's being told like, hey, you want to marry? Why don't you marry the firstborn? That's kind of how things work. And he's like, no, if it's okay with you, if it's all the same, I'll have Rachel. And he goes, all right, man. Well, here's what we'll do. You work for me seven years and you can marry my daughter. How's that sound? He goes, sir, it will be a breeze. Anything for those beautiful Happy eyes. And he does. He does. That's the idea. So now what is that where is yeah, that where we're wrapping to, it I up? I think we're gonna wrap it up there today. He gets to working for seven years. Yeah, he needs to work for seven years in order to marry Rachel, because he's not so keen on the other one. 
yeah, we'll pick up the story next time with what happens after those seven years of trickery is afoot. So thanks for listening. Uh, Rate, subscribe, review, all that jazz. Share this with your friends. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening. Since we're besties now, could you do us a favor? Visit iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Also, be sure to connect with us on Facebook and Twitter and visit us at BibleBesties.com for exclusive content.